0: Well, good afternoon, y'all. Good afternoon. Great to see y'all today and to celebrate Mass on uh, my favorite Saint's feast day today, St. Francis of Assisi. Um, I remember coming into friendship with Francis whenever I was in high school. I just had my conversion uh, going into my junior year, and my mom had us watch a film on St. Francis's life. It's a super hippie film, right? It's called Brother, Son, Sister, Moon. Totally hippie is all get out. The older crowd might remember that song. I mean, uh, that show. But anyway, it did something to me inside of my heart as a little 16-year-old because I was super materialistic, right? Back in the 80s, it was all about name-brand clothing, right? So I was all up into the guest jeans and the jabot jeans and the tight rolling around the ankle and the penny loafers with the penny in it and the parachute pants. And all like I was totally into all that stuff, right? It was all about the image. And I saw... (laughs) Don't picture those things. I also had maroon hair with streaks of blue and gold. Don't. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I remember watching this film on Brother, Son, Sister, Moon, and something of Francis's spirit captured my heart. And from that point on, like I just wanted to be like St. Francis. The joy that he had, I'd never seen someone with such joy um and living a radical life of the gospel as i'd seen with saint francis and so i started giving everything away um and my mom freaked out at one point because I, every time somebody would say oh man i like that shirt you got on cool polo right i'd get it washed and i'd come and unfold it and i'd give it to him at the next day right um i was just giving everything away and my mom was like okay time out until you start paying for your clothes you don't <laughs> give them away right But I had this desire inside of my heart to live the poverty, the gospel that Francis was living. And so um, whenever I was discerning priesthood, I never, ever, ever, ever in my wildest dreams would have imagined myself as a diocesan priest. I never wanted to be a parish priest. I wanted to be a Franciscan. And I remember whenever I was a deacon... Um, I'd come to grips and and felt, God, okay, no, this is my will is for me to be a Franciscan, but it's God's will for me to be a diocesan priest and go into the parishes. And I struggled with it really, really bad in the seminary. But I ended up surrendering to God's will and, well, poof, here I am, right? Um, But I remember when I was a deacon, y'all know Friar Antonio, right? I wanted to live like that. And so I remember Bishop Sam wanted me to go and pick Friar Antonio up at the airport. Right, and he told me, he said, "Look, I have a pre—I have a, a Franciscan. I want you to go pick up at the airport." He said, "But I, you have to promise me something." I said, "What's that?" He said, "That you won't leave the diocese to go join them." I said, "All right." I said, "I promise." Right, and I kept my promise. But anyway, um, so a part of my heart is definitely there in the Franciscan spirituality, though I get to live that out, particularly as a diocesan priest. Um, I remember the first time I ever went to a CC. Um, and, uh, and, and just captivated by Assisi, like this, you step back into the 12th century whenever you go there. It's this beautiful city set up on the hill, and, uh, and I was there for the Feast of St. Francis. So this time, 20 years ago, I was celebrating Mass as a layperson, of course, in Assisi. So, um, so that was a powerful, powerful moment. And I remember um, a few years later, whenever I was in the seminary, I went back to Assisi. And I was reading the, uh, the Diary of St. Faustina, and I was getting captivated by the heart of Jesus, right? Like the pierced heart of Christ was just like, like how it was everything to me. And so um, me and some of my buddies, seminarians, were at, at, in Assisi, and I kept going to this little monastery where St. Clare lived, um, kind of on the hillside of Assisi. Just told, always drawn there. I loved going there. Francis lived there for a little while. And um, so anyway, so I remember going there and I walked in. There was this priest that came up to me and he just walked right up to me. He said, Benedictus, and he just blessed me. And I'm like, that's cool. And then he leaves like he didn't say anything to me. He just Benedictus, boom, and he leaves. And I'm like, all right, that's kind of neat, right? So I go in, I start praying in the little chapel um, and then I leave. And the next day I go back again and again, I see him and he walks up to me, Benedictus, boom, and he blesses me. I'm like, what's up with this cat, right? Like, why does he keep blessing me? Do I have a demon on me? Like, what's going on? So um, the next day, I went back again. And this time, he comes up to me, and he, he does the same thing. Benedictus, boom, and he blesses me. And he says, come see, come see. So I, I go with him. I don't know who this guy is. He speaks very broken English, and I speak no Italian. And he gets, And he starts giving me a tour inside the monastery. I was freaking out. I'm like, this is the coolest thing. Like, This is where Francis helped to rebuild this little church, and then you've also got Claire, who lived there. This is where she started the order. And so he shows me into a closet um, where it was like a a junk closet, and there was a box that was right there. And in that box was a broken plate. And the center of the plate had a crucifix hand-painted, and it had a spear going into Jesus' heart. So imagine you're eating spaghetti, and you're looking at the at the crucifixion of Jesus, right? So, and it's broken, though. Everything's broken except for that centerpiece. And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. And he picked it up. He said, for you, for you. And so I took it. And I'm like, you want me to have this? He was like, yes, for you, for you. And he starts counting on his fingers, first, second, third, fourth, uh, 12th, 13th century, right? Right? And that was the time of St. Francis and Claire, that's when they were living. So I'm sitting there holding this little piece of plate, realizing that, I don't know, maybe maybe Claire painted it, maybe one of her sisters painted it, maybe Francis ate off of this plate, I don't know. But it was back in that time era where they were both alive. And so it was just the coolest thing. So I get back to the United States, and the priest that paid for my trip, because I was a poor little seminarian, um, he was one of my teachers, Father Clores, and he was very theatrical in the way that he spoke. And he knew that I was discerning religious life at the time. Um, I was still in the seminary, but I was still discerning. His guy called me the Franciscans as he called me to diocesan life. And so in the, if you join a religious order, you get a, you get a name, right? It's not Father Mitch. You get a, whatever your name becomes, right? Like for Antonio, his name wasn't Antonio. You know, it was a different name. So anyway, so I ended up um, telling him this story. And he knew my background, right? He knew I wanted to be a Franciscan. And, uh, and he <laughs> said, I'm telling him the blessing, right? The Benedictus and then the seeing the pierced heart, right? And he looks at me and he goes, oh, well, there you have it. There's your name. I was like, what? He was like, you'll be Father Benedictus of the wounded side of Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, I like that. <laughs> Father blessings of the wounded side of Jesus, right? So it was just this moment where I was like, man, like Francis was so present in that place and really guiding me and, and leading me along the way. And I realized that Francis shared the same, I shared the same desires. as Francis, right? Francis wanted to live a life of poverty. He got to. But Francis didn't want to beg for food. Francis wanted to just simply sit back and allow God to provide meals for him whenever God felt he needed to eat. Complete divine providence on God. That's what Francis wanted. But Claire told him, nope, I would do that. You have to go beg for food. So Claire lived Francis' desire and his vision. Claire would be in the monastery praying, and if God felt that she needed to eat, then somebody would bring her food. So she got to live Francis' heart's desire, but Francis had to sacrifice what he really wanted to do to do what god wanted him to do which was continue to beg for food and so that's where i really met francis was like i really wanted to be a franciscan but i had to sacrifice that because god was calling me to diocesan priesthood and that's where the heart of francis lies is not doing your own will but doing the will of the one the will of god the one who sent us right and so francis just has a powerful impact on the entire church right What caused his conversion was he heard Christ speak to him from a cross of San Damiano, the cross of St. Dominic, um, that said, Francis, go and rebuild my church, which is falling to ruins. And so he thought that God meant literally. So he went down to the little chapel and he started physically, manually rebuilding this little chapel that had crumbled and fallen to ruins. And then God clarified it again. No, Francis, go and rebuild my church. That's fallen to ruins. At that time in the 1200s, the church was very materialistic. And it was interiorly fallen to ruins. And Francis, by his life, by the way he lived the gospel in such a powerful, radical way, men and women began following him in Claire's spirituality from all over the world at that time. And it rebuilt the church from within. Right? Because he lived in such an authentic way, loving Christ. And so we got to realize, one person... One person literally saved the church. And he didn't do it by any other means except for radically living the gospel in his own life and doing what God called him to do and not what he wanted to do. And it saved the church, literally, from a lot of materialistic and a lot of corruption. Right? So we come to St. Francis today, one of the great reformers of the church, right? Um, who just simply wanted to love Jesus, period. And the way that he did that, it impacted the entire universal church at the time. So let us ask him to intercede for us, for you guys, for me, for priests, as we can just live the gospel in authentic ways, exactly as you're living now, but with the expression of God's love and His joy and His peace. Amen? Amen.